1: It's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. It's great to be. Oh wait, this is the Steelers podcast. Welcome into the Steelers <laughs> Fix, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Andrew Wilbar, pumped after another Ohio State loss and University of Michigan victory. The first time in my lifetime that Michigan has beaten that O-Word team two years in a row, and the first time in my lifetime they have won at The Toilet Bowl Stadium, Jeremy Betts, my legendary podcast partner, but of course his biggest flaw, one of a few,
2: yeah, big
1: flaw. He is a fan of that O-Word team from down below us. Jeremy, how are you feeling after my boys two years in a row? I've never felt like that. I've never been able to experience (laughs) joy as a Michigan fan in my entire life. How are you feeling from the opposite end right now?
2: Well, you know, I'm real happy for you over there. Um, you know, just riding high and kind of feeling, you know, like I've felt for the last 20 years, you know, of my life. So I mean, I'm you know, I'll let you have your fun and uh enjoy this time. Um, but yeah, Ohio State got their heads handed to them again in a game I did not see coming. I had the 9-point spread that they were given, uh the Ohio State Buckeyes as 9-point favorites. I thought you know what that's 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 going to be an easy an easy hold for Ohio State this year, especially with the injuries to Blake Corum and then uh Edwards and I just did not think did not think that number 9 in maize and blue uh at the quarterback position could beat us so badly. And uh, I'll tell you what, kudos to that team up north for feeling the better squad this year. And I hate to say it, but they were they were better. And, uh, you know, um, we Ohio State fans, we have some uh, internal looking and uh, considering to do after such a rough, rough week. Well, while
1: we're on that point, it is – those of you that are – excuse me. For those of you that are not from the Midwest, may not fully understand the impact of this one game. This one game means more than really any other rivalry in American sports. If you lose this game multiple times, I don't care how good your team is, you're going to hear about it for a long time. And we're going to get to how this game affects the Steelers in just a second. But it could... uh, this. Michigan is not going to give Jim Harbaugh. Michigan gave Jim Harbaugh a lot of leeway more than most schools would give their coaches more than I imagine Ohio state is going to give Ryan day. How hot is Ryan Day's seat? And to what does he need to do to write the ship? Obviously beat Michigan. But do you think is this an issue where even if Ohio state, same thing happens next year, they're undefeated going into the game and they lose is Ryan day fired after next year if this happens again, like what, what is, how hot is his seat? Yeah. You know, we could even be looking at, at this from an NFL perspective, Ryan day, there were rumors about him going to the NFL at some point, the Steelers yeah. are a team that is in need of an innovative offensive mind, not named Matt Canada. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, maybe he could even be in play for the Steelers, not this offseason, but the next off season. we'll see what happens, whether the Steelers make moves this offseason. We certainly hope so. Uh, but Ryan day, how hot is his seat and what is his outlook? if he does end up leaving Ohio state in the near future, does he go to the NFL? Should a team like the Steelers be interested in his, uh, if he becomes available?
2: Well, I'll say this. Um, I mentioned in our Slack channel that I don't think any singular game has more importance on the standing for a coach or, um, you know, the legacy of even a player than Ohio state versus Michigan. And I'll go back to um, Ohio state, dumping their defensive coordinator after Michigan last year and that's what that that's what did it that might happen again this year but Ryan Day is running out of scapegoats here uh for these losses the last couple years and you know a, a lot of fans out there of college football teams might be saying good grief our we've we've got a coach that's been here 10 years and he doesn't even have a winning record you know, that doesn't happen for Ohio state. That doesn't happen for Michigan uh, outside of what we've seen the, like you said, the leeway for Harbaugh, um, you know, Ryan day is on thin ice. If he, if he cannot field a winner against that team up North, uh, even as soon as next year, I obviously he's not going to get fired this year. I don't think, but it's getting warmer. That seat is getting warmer. Um, He's going to need to uh invest in some, some ice packs here soon. If, uh if uh it gets any worse so that's something to keep an eye on for sure and you know a guy like that who has produced some really good offenses at ohio state could definitely be in play uh at the next level or uh other college other colleges as well would be happy to have a ryan day as their head coach you know so he'll he he won't be out of work uh you know no matter what but i would say uh, it's definitely getting uh, a little warmer than than we've seen it uh, the last couple of years. What
1: reminded me about uh, the Steelers a lot in this game was Ohio State's unwillingness to get away from their original game plan. Usually everything that played out in Saturday's game is the exact opposite of what has happened to Michigan for the past decade unwillingness to get away from the game plan when it's not working. Ohio State was in it until halftime. They did not change one thing going into the second half. They did not change anything. And Michigan was the team that made the adjustments for the past 20 years. It has been the exact opposite. Um, But the next thing, how does this game affect the Steelers? It's primarily going to come down to draft prospects, obviously. We're looking at the Steelers first round. We're recording this Sunday night before the Steelers game against the Colts. If the Steelers lose that we're looking in the direction of a potential top five pick. If things yeah. do not improve, if it is a win, then it's, you know, it, it, it's so difficult to tell where this team is going to be picking Paris Johnson solid game overall. Uh, he was yes. not the reason that Ohio state lost. He had a solid performance there on the left side. Um, uh, Michigan's pass rush. They did not blitz a whole lot. Um, but they did a good job containing the defensive line for the most part. I know Mike Morris was not a hundred percent. Um, but you also look at the centers. Olusegun Oloatimi for University of Michigan. He took his game to the next level yesterday. And I know Michigan did not have a whole lot of running success outside of those two big touchdowns by Donovan Edwards at the end. But Oluatimi was phenomenal. He has become yeah. the leader of that offensive line. And we can even talk about Ryan Hayes some. Um this is kind of tying into guys we're going to be talking about that either booster hurt their stock in this game. But Jeremy, how do you think this affects the Steelers draft plans? I don't really think Paris Johnson's stock really went up or down necessarily in this game. Sure. But yeah. he's right in that area where the Steelers could potentially take him. You're looking at a guy on the rise, Oluwatimi. Uh, do, the, do the Steelers look for that next elite center? Uh, is Oluwotimi a guy the Steelers would maybe get if he happens to fall to that pick that is now projected to be the 33rd overall pick, the Bears pick? Um, what do you think the Steelers uh, could do based upon what happened in yesterday's game?
2: How excited would you be, Andrew, if the Steelers went with 2 offensive linemen and a defensive tackle in the first three picks of this, this upcoming draft? I, mean, I know the players, I would not mind. Yeah, yeah I mean... You're you're looking at, um, some guys on Michigan side. I really do believe on the interior that boosted their draft stock. Um, the you know, uh, I I still can't pronounce his name, but the center. I mean, he's yeah. he played a phenomenal game. I don't think I've ever seen a guy, um, move in space like that uh, outside of uh, Marquise Pouncey at the the height of his athleticism and, and when the Steelers, um, were. Fielding Le'Veon Bell led running attacks, you know, and just getting out in space and, and, um, getting to the second level, his angles were great. Um, and then he was just punching guys in the mouth. Um, so yeah, absolutely. A guy like that, uh, should definitely get on the Steelers radar for, for the interior line, especially a guy at center where, you know, if you solidify that with a guy with, with a stud, then your offensive line uh, on the interior automatically, uh, is an upgrade. Uh, so, you know, I've, i you got to think that he's moving up boards a little bit for Paris Johnson. You're right. Didn't necessarily improve his draft stock. Although you probably look at this game and say, Ooh, I didn't know he could run block that well. Yeah. And uh, I thought he uh, was moving bodies from the left side there and uh, maybe improved his stock a little bit there. We've always seen him as a, as a solid technician in pass pro. I mean, he's one of the best there is. Um, in pass pro in this class. Uh, but as a run blocker, it's like it was nice to see him get out there and, and do some bullying of his own. So, you know, if the Steelers end up in the um, in the 7 to 14 pick range and Paris Johnson is there when when uh, they make their pick, I, he would be uh, – I would not be um, a disappointed person at all if he was a pick.
1: And if you look at – you know, back on the interior going the for Ohio State – I know Mozzie Smith had a pretty good game in terms of defending the run. Ohio State really did not at the beginning of the game. They were adamant at running to the outside. They did not want to run on Michigan's interior. But I will say that despite being undersized, Whipler did a pretty good job for the most part um, when faced against Mozzie Smith and also some of the uh, the rotational guys that came in. It wasn't completely Smith. But I thought Whipler did a pretty good job on the interior um, in the running game. Obviously, Ohio State did not run necessarily through the tackles, but when you watch – what he was doing and creating a hole um, and just containing his guy in pass production. I think he did a pretty good job considering that most of the time he was the smaller
2: guy. Yeah. Whipler's just such a feisty dude. <laughs> uh, and you're right. He's a, he's a smaller guy, uh, um, more of a Kendrick green size player on the interior, but um, you know, maybe a little more juice, a little more uh, a little spicier, a little, uh angrier in the middle of the field there so yeah somebody that you can keep an eye on as well in the uh uh, early second round potentially um as a guy the Steelers could target as well
1: last couple guys before we move on to the next question jeremy and i wouldn't mind getting your thoughts especially on these Ohio state guys. Um, The last Michigan guy I wanted to mention who I think really boosted their stock was Mike Sanders. Still, he has become the outspoken vocal leader of that defense. I know they showed him on TV in the third quarter, pumping up those guys, you know, if you guys want to win the natty, you know, it starts now. Um, And, you know, he's become the outspoken leader. Of course, he's a former receiver kick returner for Michigan. Who's converted to a defensive back. Uh and he is he's done a phenomenal job. He hasn't we haven't seen a bunch of ball production, but he has a ton of passes defended. I believe going into the game yesterday, he had seven. I think he had two more yesterday that should boost one of them.
2: Him. Was a crucial one in the end zone, yes. too. And he did uh, and in all it fairness, he did out get comeback. burned
1: to the outside, but he did make up for it. And that showed some good recovery speed as well. He's not the biggest guy. Um, but definitely a guy who I think is trending in the right direction in terms of draft stock could maybe play with day two, even though he's not very experienced there. It's going to yeah. take some time to uh, get acclimated to the NFL. But you do like that versatility guy you can even use on offense still. Um, and then Zach Harrison, I we mentioned him last week because of his two and a half sacks um, against Maryland. He didn't get home for any sacks that I can think of, or he may have had half a sack. Um, but he it wasn't a huge game for Harrison on the stat sheet, but he did make a difference. And I yeah. realized that he's still struggling to finish, and it hasn't been the year that anyone was expecting, but he is making his presence felt. Um, he's had a good amount of pressures this season. Um, and he's come through when I state needed most. He bad a couple passes down at the line. He was all over the place yesterday.
2: Yeah, he's a solid rotational guy, I think, at the next level. And, um, you know, i his draft. Um, like his draftable range is kind of it's it's kind of wide. If you think about like what teams like, if you like a guy, um, who who gives you that that rotational rush and um is going to be solid in in every facet of the game, you know, if you place a higher priority on that than maybe the um the sheer athletic traits or numbers, then he's definitely your guy as 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 a potential a. Uh, Early day two pick, I think. Um, you know, but you know, if that falls down, if, if, uh, teams are going traits heavy this draft because, uh, Edge Rusher's pretty deep, um, this year, then y- you might get him, uh, in the fourth or fifth round. You know, you never, you never know with a guy like him. Um, but he did nothing but help himself this week. I think, um, especially in the, in the first half when they were kind of shutting down the run, when they were, um, it, you know, kind of bullying that that Michigan offensive line for the first couple quarters, and then uh, everything went to, to pieces after that. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, several guys here that you can talk about. Uh, I think we were going to talk about C.J. Stroud uh, here as well just a little bit, um, who had a kind of a rough game, especially in the second half, couldn't really get anything going. But, I mean, you see the accuracy and the arm talent there. Uh, I just wish he'd use his legs a little bit more, but he's kind of like a, a statue in the pocket. And I think that that, um, you know, could hurt his stock a little bit. If, if you saw him use his legs a little bit more, because when yeah. he does it, he's very effective, right. uh, but it's like once a game where it's like, Oh, nobody's open. And I've been back here for 10 seconds already. Maybe I'll try to run it. You know, it's like literally the last resort. And, uh, oh, I'm blanking on the Michigan quarterback name right now. McCarthy. Uh, yeah. McCarthy. Um, <laughs> he was very decisive in his, in picking those running lanes and going when it wasn't there and i think that that was a huge deal for why michigan was successful stroud doesn't bring that element to his game and whether that's coaching or just he doesn't like to do it you know that's going to need to be something that changes if he wants to improve uh on what would be a pretty disappointing final showing uh for him uh, if you were to you know just block that game as his last Uh, chance to impress scouts other quarterbacks have done more to impress scouts going into uh, the 2023 draft than stroud did to finish out the season three rough games in a row for him actually uh, if you count indiana uh in the weather i think that was and then um whoever they played before yeah northwestern yeah so um you know Tough situation for Stroud, who was on a Heisman tear there for a little while, uh, and now has kind of cooled off. And uh, you wonder if pressure moments are too big for him.
1: It, it what I think the scariest part is that he wasn't pressured really at all throughout the game. And the times that Stroud has struggled previously to this game, it was when he was under pressure. And you know that wasn't something he had to deal with yesterday. And he just could not find receivers when they're open. Some of it was good coverage in the secondary, uh, but I just have not come away super impressed with Stroud's overall game. And I, I honestly, within the past month, what were, what were I don't think it could be any worse of a month for NFL draft quarterbacks in terms of the overall value of the class. And we were talking about last year how no draft is a guarantee. I think that's why... I know we were both we both add things we liked about Malik Willis. I really wanted Willis, and you were even okay with Kenny Pickett. Um, There was there because things like this, there is no guarantee with each draft class, right? I mean, last year everyone was talking about, oh well, Steelers need to just wait until this year. The Steelers may be picking inside the top five. Who do you really think is going to be that much better than the Pickett and Willis of last year? I mean, you have Stroud, you have Bryce Young, who may end up being my quarterback one, possibly. But his ceiling, maybe Kyler Murray, we've seen him at his best, but he struggled this year along with all of Alabama's offense at times. And you gotta wonder why. Is it that he doesn't have five superstar wide receivers at his disposal? Or you know that we don't know what the issue is there. Will Levis, yep. you know, he's got a lot of arm talent, but it's Kentucky and he's <laughs> turned the ball over at inopportune times. Oh, yeah. Hendon Hooker, torn ACL. Yeah. You know where do you go now? I mean, Anthony Richardson. I would I would encourage him to go back to school. I don't think he's ready. Uh, he's been super inconsistent.
2: Yeah. You know who's really improved their draft stock the last two weeks? Who? Spencer Rattler. That is true. That is very true. He's working himself back like, into uh, like day two pick here. It's possible. I mean,
1: we know he's got the talent, but yeah. you know. It's like he was such a late bloomer. If he could have done this all season long, he'd be back in the yeah. first round conversation. <laughs> yeah. But you For know, a guy
2: he... that was touted as the number one quarterback for 2022, right, to come out as a yeah. junior uh, and then to have the last couple seasons he's had, and but to come on strong here, he's reminding people why he was up there at one point. One quarterback
1: but... that hasn't worked out for Lincoln Riley. But yeah. before before we get into our two-minute drills, Jeremy, This is a difficult one for you to answer, being an Ohio State fan, but how far do you think Michigan could go? Because I was watching that game, and, you know, everyone was raving about J.J. McCarthy. Overall, on the downside, I don't think McCarthy played excellent. I mean, there were times where he just looked scared in the pocket. I mean, this was the guy's biggest game he's ever played, and it's understandable. But some of those deep passes that were touchdowns, two of them went to Cornelius Johnson, another guy who improved his draft stock we'll talk about later. He... And the passes were not that great. I mean, the receivers had to wait up for them. He was being safe, and a couple times that were thrown to coverage, Michigan got lucky with penalties because they were underthrown. And then yeah. the Ohio State corner didn't look back, so they called the penalty. But they were underthrown balls. I mean, the, he his accuracy was not that great. There were a couple good throws, but overall, it was it was far from perfect. Hopefully, this is a confidence boost for him. But sure. in terms of you know. I wasn't overly impressed necessarily with McCarthy's play. I think this is a good experience and for him to build going into next year. But I wouldn't trust him to lead us to a win. But on the bright side, Michigan won legitimately without Blake Corum and Donovan mm-hmm. Edwards had 200 rushing yards without yeah. a right hand.
2: So
1: <laughs> on the bright side. I think any team is beatable, including Georgia. Could is does Michigan have a legitimate shot at the national championship? Or do you think you know they're going to come short of Georgia again? Do you think that a team like TCU, USC, or even Ohio State, if they get
2: in, yeah,
1: they can you know do you think they can come back and beat Michigan? Um, what are your thoughts on Michigan's outlook going into the playoff? Before we move on,
2: if Michigan um, can play defense like they did in the second half against um, against Ohio State, then they've got a shot at definitely going to the national championship and then uh, holding their own against Georgia. But I don't know. I, you know, Georgia just looks like a a team that like all those Alabama teams look like for years and years where it's just, you know, who's next, uh, you know, and maybe it'll be interesting for three quarters and then it, it's like, okay, but yeah, Georgia's better. It just feels like that maybe this year for, for Georgia, um, a team like uh, TCU, who probably moves up to number three now um, and would potentially be the – it's probably going to be um, Michigan's first game, first uh, game in the playoff. Um, they've got a really good offense, and their defense is going to be better than Ohio State's. So you, you've got to keep that in consideration as well. Uh, and two teams that don't play each other as much, don't know each other as much. So uh, it's going to be tough. But I do think Michigan is the second-best team in the country right now, and so I think uh, anything less than a national championship game appearance in which they uh, put up a fairly competitive fight would be a disappointment for um, Michigan fans uh, at this point in the season.
1: Most definitely. Let's move on to those two-minute drills. Jeremy, do you want to go first or me?
2: Uh, I can go first, yeah, no problem. All right. I
1: need to get my... Two-minute timer out. I will let you all know that I am not going to give a huge two-minute drill because the focus of this whole thing is draft-related, so I'm just going to give you a couple names. But, Jeremy, your two minutes – I'm not going to give you 15 like my timer was
2: set at. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, come on. Hey, if you could go for 15 minutes straight, I'm totally fine with that. (laughs) Oh, I could. I don't know if it would all be fantasy football, but I can talk for 15 minutes. As long as we get a break in there
1: at some point, give (laughs) our sponsors a
2: chance to say a word. There you go.
1: Yeah. All right. Your two-minute drill, your good bets and bad bets starts now.
2: We're going to start with some good bets, and it's uh, Jalen Hurts, the runner. Uh, We've seen him put together some good rushing performances, but – um, man alive against the Packers he just went off and I think if he continues down that path the rest of the year you're looking at the best quarterback in fantasy football for the remainder of the fantasy season he's a league winner type player so good stuff from Jalen Hurts Um, moving forward Chris Godwin has risen up he's continuing to rise and kind of take his place as Tom Brady's favorite target in Tampa Bay again another 29 PPR points Uh, Today, that comes after a 20-point performance uh, the week before. So uh, Godwin really coming on strong recently is good for his owners. And then really anybody on the Bengals' offense right now that has a starting role uh, looks really good. Joe Burrow, uh, Samadji Pirine uh, came in, filled in for Joe Mixon very well, had another touchdown today. And then uh, um, T. Higgins has been absolutely a fantasy stud without Jamar Chase in the lineup. Chase coming back though, I don't think, uh, kills, uh, Higgins as much as it might somebody else uh, on a different team. This team just hits all of their players very well. And then for the bad Christian McCaffrey's kind of been a downhill slide a little bit in, uh, in, um, Southern California after having a, a 45 point PPR day to start his career uh, as a 49er, uh, Under 10 PPR fantasy points today, Elijah Mitchell did get hurt, so that will help his stock moving forward, but still not being used in the way that you were hoping uh, when he got moved. 20 seconds. Um, Cole Komet, after two really big weeks, has really struggled uh, Mm -hmm. posting less than six points in two straight matchups in PPR leagues. That's not great for a very weak tight end uh, situation. And then Falcons fantasy is going downhill quickly. Nobody scoring more than 11 PPR points <laughs> in week 12. Cole Rough Komet, stuff. who can figure him out? Yeah, I lost Dallas Goddard in two or three leagues uh, the same week that um, I lost Zach Ertz uh, in another couple leagues. So I made big plays for Cole Komet uh, to come in after his two solid weeks, and he has let me down Hard. I even traded away Keenan Allen for uh, Cole Komet in one league because I was pretty set at wide receiver and desperate at tight end. And that is not working out for me. So, not very good. Not very Elijah good.
1: Mitchell, a guy I had a third round, late third round grade on in that draft and was dumbfounded when he fell all the way to the seventh. But man, yeah, the man could just stay healthy. He'd be a top 15 <laughs> back in the league. He would be.
2: Yes, no doubt. All right. All right. You ready for the NFL draft two-minute drill? You ready?
1: Let's do it.
2: Okay. If you finish early, let me know. And we'll stop your timer. We'll get you. All out right. You. All right. Let's get going in three, two, one. Roll it. Let's start with Ole Miss, Ed Rusher,
1: Tavius Robinson. I don't think I've mentioned him at all this year. Six foot six, 265 pounds. Probably a better fit as a 4-3 defensive end, but adding two sacks, a forced fumble, and two fumble recoveries. Um, For Ole Miss this past week, Drake Thomas, this is a guy I mentioned earlier this year, NC State, um, uh, going up against North Carolina in their final game of the season. Uh, Ten tackles, seven of which were solo tackles, had two tackles for loss, Three quarterback hurries and a sack. This guy can play outside or inside. He can do it all. Probably a will linebacker at the next level. Guy who has some pass rushing upside, but can also drop into coverage. He can do a little bit of everything. And Dorian Williams from Tulane. Not the biggest linebacker. Needs to add a little bit more weight. He has the frame to do it. 12 tackles and an interception. Tulane, they've got a big bowl game in the American Conference this upcoming Saturday. Dorian Williams could really move up draft boards if he has another performance like this one this past week. Uh, and just a couple of the guys that we had talked about in that Michigan-Ohio State matchup. Mike still the former Michigan wide receiver, converted to corner. A couple more passes defended. He's just become a big leader. He's going to be great for a locker room somewhere. He's passionate about the game. He plays because he wants to. Olusagun um, Oluwotimi. I'll try to get that pronunciation down by the time we get to draft day. But Steelers fans do need to pay attention to this guy. Cedric von Prahn. From Georgia, if he declares, and Olusegun, Oluatimi, those are the two centers every Steelers fan needs to circle and pay attention to. I like Mason Cole, don't get me wrong. I I I love the sign at the time and I still like it. But if the Steelers want to get their stud center, their next potentially great center, these are the two guys that have that potential. So keep an eye on those guys moving forward. And I'm gonna end seconds. it right there.
2: Oh how about that? All right, you had 10 seconds to spare. Good stuff, as always, Andrew Wilbar. All right.
1: Anything else before we head to our second half?
2: I don't think so. Let's do it. All right.
1: Well, in the second half, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting into more NFL draft talk, and we cannot be any happier. If you want some names to pay attention for the Steelers this spring, pay close attention to the second half, because we're going to break down the six most important conference championship games with draft prospects for each of them. Don't go anywhere. We, We will be right back after this. Welcome back to the second half of the Steelers Fix. Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts back with you. Jeremy, the draft is getting closer and closer and closer. I know some of our listeners probably don't want to hear it yet, but this is a <laughs> big week as it pertains to the NFL draft stock. And it's important yeah. that we talk about this. It's conference championship week. We got six conference championships we want to focus on. First one comes on Friday, Jeremy, and this is one that you got your uh, – you're paying attention to pretty closely. You've got several guys you want to mention. Let's go to Utah and USC. Big game could mean Ohio State College football playoff. Whether or not USC wins, we'll see what happens there. But as it pertains to draft prospects, um, who do you got on both sides, both Utah and USC? Who you got your eye on?
2: Yeah, so I'm just looking at a couple guys that kind of fit Steelers' team needs right now. Um, I'll start with uh, the Utes, who – are playing really well they, they've they've done so well with their program the last few years and it flies under the radar because they're way out in the pac 12 uh in the west coast it's it's the little state of utah not many people you know so uh but uh, a guy that i wanted to kind of single out uh here is uh is a cornerback Steelers have a huge need at cornerback we're finding that out uh more and more by the week um and that is clark phillips the third he's a little bit of a smaller guy uh only 183 pounds, 5'10". So he's not the biggest guy. But, man, this guy is a scrappy defender uh, on the edge. He plays outside corner for them, uh, but he can rotate inside. So he does have some position flexibility as well. But the dude is a ball hawk, too. Uh, Wherever the ball is, he's getting his hands on it. Uh, I think he has five interceptions this year. Um, It may be more than that now. Uh, I haven't checked the stats uh, since a couple weeks ago, but, um, at 1.5 interceptions this year and counting. And, uh, he, he plays with discipline on the edge, um, and, uh, really good eye discipline as well in, um, in zone, uh, coverage, but he does play a lot of man. So, uh, he's a guy that just kind of sticks with his guy and then, uh, knows how to turn the head and and find the football. So he's playing really well, uh, Clark Phillips, the third, remember that name, uh, Day two pick, probably a guy that would fall in that range, maybe back into the first round, depending on how uh, or what teams are looking for. Uh, and then uh, moving on to USC, everybody knows about Jordan Addison, the wide receiver, played at Pitt, transferred there. He's still playing uh, really good football. He looks like a first round pick. But I wanted to talk about an offensive guard. He's playing tackle there right now, but it's Andrew Voorhees. Uh, he's got flexibility. Um, So, like I said, playing tackle, um, plays guard for them as well, uh, bounces back and forth depending uh, on the needs. Um, So that position flexibility is something that coaches really like along the offensive line, but he's just a super solid technician as a blocker uh, in both pass protection and run blocking the guy has uh, all the tools you want uh, from a technique perspective Um, not the biggest guy either but he can He's probably got room to grow six foot four I think uh, uh, 300 pounds so he's got some some room maybe to grow once he gets into an NFL weight room as well Um, so a guy that uh, that could be a really uh, good potential uh late day two early day three pick uh along the interior offensive line and then just real quick an interior defensive lineman tuli Tui pelotu um he can move outside kind of like demarvin leal he kind of projects to be a a similar type player as a demarvin leal but he's got really good interior pass rush a good spin move um he's he's a long prospect with good hands uh and just an just a real athlete a real plus athlete so a guy that uh, some traits uh, uh, scouts will be looking at hard come draft it.
1: Yeah, Tui Baluto, it's very rare to find a guy with that many sacks on the interior, especially yeah. in college. Sometimes those guys will develop into better pest rushers, you know, as they, you know, get into the NFL and get into the right scheme. Uh, but for someone to have that much production in college is amazing. Question I want to ask you before we move on pick 33 as of right now, that Bears yeah. pick that is now the Steelers pick. If Clark Phillips and Oluwatimi, the Michigan Center, are both there, who would you take?
2: Oh man, uh, which way did we go in round one? That would be the the, the thought process. Not either know? of
1: those positions.
2: Okay, so, um, I think if the Steelers go offensive tackle in round one, then I'm looking at cornerback with my very next pick. Uh, so I would probably go Phillips.
1: Can't disagree with that at all. Moving to the Big 12 championship game, Jeremy, um, you said you got a couple guys on here. I know, TC, we're both we were both fans of Quentin Johnson. Um, yeah. His health is kind of up in the air as well. Right. But what um, what else do you have your eye on in this game?
2: I like an offensive lineman at TCU, uh, Steve Avila, uh, who plays on the interior. And, uh, you know, offensive tackle, probably left tackle, probably the bigger need is along the Steelers' offensive line. But, I mean, left guard really is, is kind of up there in my opinion, as well, uh, getting a guy like uh, like Avila, who uh, is a powerful big dude, yeah. three hundred thirty pounds um, already at at you know in college, six foot five, I think it is six foot yep. six, something like that. Um, a people mover on the interior, and that's what this team needs. So, man alive, this guy uh, catches your eye quick uh, when you're watching the offensive line play there. And then for Case uh, State. Um, they've got a they've got an edge guy um, and a Anudaki Uzama. I'm gonna say Anudiki Uzama. That's his last name. This guy is high motor, physical player on the edge, and he gets. I mean, he's got a full complement of pass rush moves already as well. He plays with relentlessness, and K State has rode him on defense all year long uh, to be. Uh, a reason why they've been so good this year. So a guy that, <coughs> excuse me, projects to the um, late second day, maybe, um, maybe early second day uh, pick. If you're, if you're looking for a guy, um, you know, Alex Highsmith has one year left on his contract and the Steelers spend, have already spent a lot of money on defense. Um, and I think you'd agree with me here. You can never have too many edge rushers on a team as it stands. So getting a guy like him to kind of be the uh, uh, player in training for that Alex Highsmith role if the Steelers are unable to keep him, especially if Highsmith continues playing like he has been, he's going to price himself way out of Pittsburgh real quick. Uh, So two guys that I would keep an eye on there, uh, offensive line for TCU, Steve Avila, and then uh, K-State's Mr. AU, I'm going to call him (laughs) for the rest of the episode here.
1: We both have some work to do as it pertains to getting these draft names down. There's a lot of them this year. If you look at some of the lists of guys that are coming out this year, it is maybe worse than any other year I can remember of it. name pronunciation. We're going to have some good ones yes, we to are. talk about as we get <laughs> to the spring. Uh, moving to the SEC, though, Jeremy, this is another one you've got your eye on, LSU yeah. and Georgia. There's a ton of first-round prospects, second round, all the way through the draft with these two powerhouses. But who are guys the Steelers realistically have a chance of getting that you've got your eye on?
2: Yeah, I'm not going to spend a lot, of too t- a lot of time on uh, Georgia. We've talked about them a lot already. Um, uh, Keely Ringo, um, Jalen Carter, uh, two guys if the Steelers are picking really high, could have a chance at. Um, and, I mean, would be slam dunk picks if you ask me right now, either one of those. Uh, maybe a guy that we haven't talked about too much from this matchup uh, is – Broderick Jones, uh, at tackle playing right tackle for them, but he's a people mover. He's a big boy as well. And, uh, he's got uh, the potential to move over to the left side, um, with good coaching, I think. So, uh, teams will be looking at, uh, at him very heavily. And then for, for LSU, it's a uh, BJ Ojalary off the edge. Um, and it's, I like Jacqueline Roy on the interior defensive line as well. Uh, somebody who stops the run and has a decent pass rush set, but really he's coming in to help you stop the run. He's coming in to uh, be a big body on the interior. Um, so, But those two guys, BJ Ojolari Og- might last to the middle of the first round, um, uh, maybe the late first round if you're lucky. With some of these teams go quarterback, wide receiver early like we've been seeing teams do. So you might have a chance at him even if you don't end up with a top 10 pick.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where Ojolari goes. Not sure I want the Steelers to spend that. i have a pick on an edge rusher, but a guy I absolutely love his tape. I loved Aziz Ojolari's tape. Just something about that bendiness, quickness off the edge. I really am intrigued by his game. Moving to the American, not a lot of people are talking about UCF and Tulane, but there have been some pretty good American conference championship games in recent history. We'll see if this one can live up to expectation, but one guy Steelers fans should keep an eye on. Another center, Sincere Hainsworth. He's one of the more unknown centers in this draft. I want to see if he participates at all during senior bowl week. Uh, But this is a guy I've got my eye on. Um, Not the biggest guy, but he can move people. Don't let that sub 300 pound frame fool you. This isn't Kendrick Green 2.0. This guy's got some power to him. I think he's going to maybe add a little bit more weight. Only 6'2". There's only so much you can do. But I am excited to see what this guy can do. He's a people mover in the run game. I mean, Look at how good... Lane is running the ball with J Spears. I mean, they're consistently running for, you know, close to 200 yards per week um, just with Spears alone. Yesterday, I had, what, 35 carries for 195 yards. son, crazy like that. Even on his days where he's getting a lot of usage, he's still averaging over five yards a carry. And he's not the biggest back either. Hainsworth and uh, the rest of that offensive line has done a great job. Really big fan of his. Um, and then for UCF, Devad Wilson, um, he has a Georgia transfer, strong safety. He's had a solid season for them, six foot 195 pounds. I expect him to be a strong safety in the NFL. But then, Jeremy, it is the Big Ten championship game. And I know we're getting really close, uh, running out of time here. But Purdue and Michigan, Jalen Graham for Purdue, six foot three, 220 pounds. Um, He can play at any level of the defense. He is extremely versatile. I don't know if you've gotten to see him at all, but he's an exciting player to watch when he's fully healthy. And then for Michigan, we were talking about Cornelius Johnson already. Michael Barrett, six foot flat, 233 pounds. He was all over the field yesterday, and he's got some speed to his game. He's a guy a little bit inconsistent at times, but when he's at his best, he's been a game-changer for Michigan. Yesterday, he had some big-time tackles.
2: Yeah, um, he was – one of those guys you just saw his number flash every time they were uh, showing replays and uh, I was, you know, getting on your nerves. uh, If you're an Ohio state fan for sure. But uh, yeah, I, you know, the, the whole undersized linebacker thing isn't a big deal in the NFL these days because of the way it's played 233 pounds, six foot. That's plenty enough to get you by uh, if you can run and he can run. Yeah, definitely. He can, hit. he can hit too. I should say that he's got a he's got a hit stick on.
1: Well, on before we close the show out, we gotta talk quickly about Clemson and North Carolina. This should be a solid game. Clemson has been a huge disappointment, but that does not take away from uh their overall uh talent they have on that defense especially Absolutely. along the defensive line kj henry is a guy to keep an eye on, but trenton simpson is a first-round prospect i don't know what the Steelers are going to do with the linebackers long term i still I, I think Steelers could survive with miles jack and devin bush in 2023 i think that could work um, as long as the defense is healthier overall um but if you want a guy trenton simpson he's got all the athletic talent in the world yeah. world stats have not matched up He's underproduced a little bit from what I was hoping. Still a guy with a ton of talent to keep an eye on. And then for North Carolina, Josh Downs, 5'10", 175 pounds. He needs to fill out his frame a little bit. But, man, this guy is extremely quick. Has nearly 1,000 receiving yards this year. Will probably surpass that in this game. Has 11 receiving touchdowns this year. What are your thoughts on Josh Downs? I don't know if you've gotten to see him at all this year, but he's been pretty impressive. I know the quarterback has come on the scene, but – what do you think of Josh Downs as an NFL draft prospect? He's a guy who's trending to maybe a late one. I have a day two pick on a a day two grade on him right now. What do you think of Josh Downs? And could he be a fit for the Steelers?
2: Oh man, this guy moves differently. Um, He's just one of those elite uh, separators. And you see in that, I mean, I live in the state of North Carolina, so you hear a lot about this guy. You hear a lot about um, the development uh, of the, of the team over there. They've gotten so much better these last few years. And he's just, he's been a reason why this year that they've been competitive. Um, Like you said, smaller guy, but it doesn't matter. He just plays, uh, he plays with heart. He plays like a big dude. And, uh, uh, you know, elite separators in college get a lot of attention from their quarterbacks. It's easy completions, and he's making it easy uh, down there in uh, Chapel Hill there. So uh, I I like him a lot. I've seen a lot of his tape.
1: Well, Steelers fans, there's your very condensed version of who to keep an eye on. There's a bunch of prospects to watch. We'll have more coverage about this later uh this weekend. Getting you ready for conference championship week. But Jeremy, tell people where they can follow you on Twitter and what you got coming on the website.
2: Yeah, and don't forget that um after the season's over, we'll be building a big board. We'll be talking yeah. about all of these guys majorly in depth. So if you want more information, obviously you can tweet at us. Uh, you can find me at the bets93 93, t-h-e-b-t-z-93 93 on Twitter. Give me a follow and a like there. We'll Um, you know, we'll give you some more information about these guys, if you're looking for it. And then, uh, talking about, um, power rankings every week on the website. And then, uh this week, uh, I talked about the, uh, Steelers or this last week late. I talked about the Steelers, um, needing to try to steer clear of this quick fix mentality. That's going across the NFL sweeping across the league. It's, uh, it doesn't always work and there are consequences. So if you haven't checked that out, check that out on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: You can find me at Andrew underscore Wilbar. And don't forget to check out Behind the Steel Curtain on both Facebook and Twitter. We do have Facebook and Twitter accounts. We have a lot of fun. We have some interaction in the evenings with different posts and all of our articles and different things are posted throughout the day as well. So you can always get notified when a new article comes out. But be checking Behind the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Check out the Steelers Cutting Room Floor with Jeffrey Benedict and the Scobro Show. Those are the two other shows coming out today on the podcast platforms. Make sure you go and check those out but enjoy conference championship week we will see you next time on the steelers thanks